This audio orgasm is not safe for work and is strictly for adults only. Now, let's get it on. What? Jody, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Okay, now. I hope you fucking overdose on cocaine! Now, say Poe Boys Podcast. Welcome to the Poe Boys Podcast! How can we fuck your day up? <laughs> Beautiful. Welcome to the Poe Boys Podcast! We don't think rape is good, but we turn a blind eye! Rape! 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 On the first fucking date! We just don't have that here in Australia. I think the biggest pop star export we have is maybe Kylie Minogue. And I don't even know if she made it very big in the U- US. Doesn't uh, Iggy Azalea count? She's um, pop-ish. Well, uh, she was. I don't know if it's really pop now, but no. like... I know what she must be much bigger in the U.S. than in Australia because in Australia we don't even acknowledge her. <laughs> we just don't. We just don't care. So like, rude. You know we. Just, I That's think so rude. Red, maybe just with po- Red, did you may, hear? Um, he was like, who, "Who the fuck is it? it huh?" <laughs> <laughs> I may be. I may be wrong, but she's never toured Australia. <laughs> like you know, I would have seen as something like. But I think more than anything else, like the appetite for rap music in Australia is just very low because of our, yes. I guess, more white. Yeah, you population. need more gangs. You guys need to import some fucking some thugs, get some <laughs> gang violence going on, maybe a couple 20, 40 years of it, and uh, then you get <laughs> some rap stars. This is probably an ignorant question, but are there black folk in Australia? Try Jesus. Not me, cause I throw hands. Try Jesus, please don't try me, because I'm fine. I know what he said about getting slapped, but if you touch me or mine. We gon' have to scrap. So, try Jesus. Please don't try me. Because I'm fine. I have no problem laying these hands. Try Jesus. Don't try me. Because I throw hands. We have like the largest amount of camels in the world. That's actually a vermin in our country. Camels? Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, unlike the unlike the uh, the Middle East, where you have uh, they have camel like beauty competitions. We don't have that. They're just a vermin here, and I think you can go hunting for them. So maybe camels are like their moose, red, and like <laughs> kangaroos are like their deer, and they're just running around getting hit by trucks and shit. Yep. Kangaroos technically are a vermin in Australia in some places, and you can legally go and hunt them, despite the fact it's actually our national animal. Yeah. We, we kill turkeys here all the time. We eat them for holidays. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Gotta kill your babies. Hey, uh, I don't know your name, man. I'm Jody B. Jody, nice to meet you. My name is Turch, and I'm from the We Only Do One Take podcast. I've heard of a couple of your your shows here and there. And I've actually been uh, thought about messaging you guys to try to get on and have a chat and invite you guys on our show as well. So yeah. it's nice to finally get into the room with you guys. Call me Red. 
That's nice a, to meet you. Nice to meet you. I co-host Shitty Song of the Week. Oh, you know what? I've listened to Shitty Song of the Week, and I always enjoy that because I'm such a music guy. I've been playing music for 20-plus years. It's nice to say that other people hate music as much as I do. Oh, man. <laughs> I think it's a great premise for a show. Like, I tell him all the time, it's, I'm mad that it's not my thing because when I get a wild hair up my ass, I have to ask and be like, hey, guys. <laughs> Sometime soon, can I come on and shit on a show? Because I don't just want to do it on my show because it's just, you know, it's not fun when I do it by myself. <laughs> I try to bring it into our show with our co- with my co-host, Kieran, and uh, he's not a music guy, so we, he's a... He likes film a little bit more than uh, than anything else, but he he's a doctor of psychology. So I bring him all these weird people onto the show and talk about all these weird news articles. And just have him have his two cents coming through when he that and uh, you know it's always interesting like that. <laughs> Excellent. No, that's I knew you guys. Uh, all I knew was that you're from Australia. Um, yeah. What is the connection? Did you guys? Did you shit on some? I was listening to the the karaoke show today, and I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason mentioned you. So were you guys? Did y'all yeah. shit on Biggie and them? Is that what it was? So I. Through the grapevine, I don't know, I don't remember exactly how, but I found the Karaoke Big E podcast, and I was because I was looking for new stuff to listen to, and I listened to like forty episodes, and I went, "Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just, you know, as I was running and travel to work and um, working from home like ages ago, and I thought, oh, I need something just in the background, this and that. I thought, oh, this will be fun, like talking about music and singing songs and this and that. And in my head, like, the concept is a great idea. Like, I wish I thought of it. Too bad I just can't sing, right? And then these guys here were in the exact same boat as me. Not very, like, not the greatest singer, but just having fun with it all. And I'm like, it's so fun. But at the same time, it's so shit. And it's exactly the way I would have run the show myself. Yeah. And so I bought it. And I wanted to share the love with my co-host and all of our listeners. Because, you know... And the only way I really know how to do stuff like that is to roast people. So I just brought in a whole bunch of clips of them talking about <laughs> stuff, talking about music and singing and this and that, and just saying, look, if only they put a little bit of reverb on the when they do the songs or uh, a oh. little bit of organizing or a little bit of editing here to get out some of the, 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 um, the dead spots. It would be an amazing show, but I still love it. I've listened to every single episode. When we released the ep- our episode of that uh both both Scott, oh, Big E and Kebmo uh, got a little bit angry on their show about us. <laughs> and I messaged them going, hey, guys, like I, I really do love you guys. I would love to have you on the show and have you guys roast us and this and that. Yeah. And uh, I even sent we even sent them in. Like, it was, took a while, but we sent them in a song. We, didn't, we couldn't work out a way of me playing music or doing some uh, live or like, you know, recording live with them and stuff like that to do a song because of the delay the internet and stuff like that so i said stuff would just send them in the song and and then we've become good friends since then so they've come on our show a few times they've uh, i've been lucky enough to be on their show a few times we've recorded together and then jason was another one from the mixed media podcast another podcast that i just really liked it was nice simple i got updates that's how i found out about you guys and uh from there i was just like oh yeah this is cool we should do a show like an episode together and he'd never done one with another co-host before so I said, it's all right, I'll record it, I'll edit it, I'll send it to you. It's all ready to rock and roll. So I got to, you know, we got to talk about media and stuff like that. And he's a great guy to talk to as well. Jason, I'm just trying. 
Jason's a character. He's been on just a podcast before, and we were talking about a, it. <laughs> he's a. <laughs> I, think, I love him to death. He's a piece of work. He, he uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> I think he caught Red off guard, <laughs> to say the I'm least. Sorry. Yeah, I'm still up in the air of that whole situation. Dude. <laughs> so. Uh, Turch, I don't know if it's as big of a cultural thing there, but I know this is a thing from like dudes and just being around like school, high school shit like that. But sometimes it gets around the point of like, so you ever suck a dick? Like it's just it's a, a throwaway, like you say to shit. So what you're usually expecting is somebody be like, hell no, man, I ain't gay, shit like that. Like that's how it goes. Red fucking had the layup. And he was like, well, I mean, yeah, it was, everybody sucks a dick once in a while, right? <laughs> and Red was like, hold on. What? I, was, I Excuse went to me? an all-Catholic boys school, so I'm used to every single one of these dick-sucking jokes. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, so just so used to it, I'd sort of brush it off. He just, and I, th- I would answer it the same way Red would have gone, yeah, well, you know, how else would you get through p- private Catholic school? You're right. You know, got to please the priest somehow. Well, see, here's the thing, Turch. He, okay, he came on just a podcast as just a guest host. He, uh, we actually put out a Halloween episode on another show, and he came on to give us his thoughts on that episode, right? Yeah. So I'm all over the place whenever I interview somebody. It can go one way or it can go the other, and then it goes in a million different directions. So we got into talking about this and that. And I always try to come up with one good, inappropriate question to ask somebody. And that, and just like Jody said, that's always a go-to. Hey, man, you ever yeah. sucked a dick? Or, or would you suck a dick for a million dollars or something like that, you know? So I just casually asked him, you know, I was like, so, Jason, you ever sucked a dick? And that's the answer he gave me. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody, everybody sucks a dick every now and then, right? You got to get through college uh, somehow or whatever, dude. And it completely took me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We had on our podcast about 15 episodes ago, give or take. Uh, a guy who was into wearing diapers. He was into the ABDL community, adult baby diaper community. Mm-hmm. And we were like in that thing of like, how how far can we ask questions until he just gets off the, the yeah, Skype call? Until he right? realizes you're fucking with him. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? We had this like hour and 15 minute conversation with the bloke. And we started off easy because I thought, well, ease him into it, ease him into it. After like 15 minutes, he was like, oh, I'll tell you anything I, you, you want me to answer. Yeah, man. And he was talking about how like back in – like, you know, he had a wank in a um, in a diaper while he was in high school, like in the back room or something like that. Oh, into shit. like, you know, he was suffering from depression, but then he found his partner who's like a 40-year-old man after divorcing his wife with a child. And I'm like, Jesus, titty tap dancing tortoises. That's got to be – yeah, that's amazing. The luckiest get luckiest get for an interview about a topic you thought was completely taboo in the world, and we couldn't we couldn't believe it. And we're still friends with him now, so it's always good to like keep in contact with weird and strange people like that. But he made the wearing diapers every day almost normal by the end of that conversation. It was, and we've had the same response from from get from um from other people that have listened to the show. Going, I can't believe how normal it all felt after that time. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. I'm going to be completely honest. I, I can appreciate the utility of it. It's just the, the, the principalities of it is my issue. I can't be driving around smelling I, like shit and pee all day. <laughs> yeah, I, I think more than anything else for me was that whole psychological thing. Like you train yourself to go, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to go to the toilet. I'm going to find a toilet just to let it go in front of 
like you know when I'm on the phone or driving around that would be the psychological aspect right. for me where I'm like no nah, I can't do that no yeah that 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 would be the worst prison break ever I don't know trying, dude you know what I mean trying to figure out if I need to do that or not like I'm driving to work do I really need to shit my pants right now exactly right <laughs> I don't think so how man. many diapers how many diapers do you take to work to make sure you can get through the day that's the real that's the real question. <laughs> Do you carry your own diaper bag too, or what? <laughs> Seems like more work than it's fucking cut up to be, you know. But not for me. <laughs> Crazy sort of world. Crazy sort of world. I had a thought. I'm trying to remember what it was about that in particular, but I think I lost it. I was gonna say that, um, you know, that's one thing. Like kinky people are the best. Like they're the best guests to have on, dude. Uh, any kind of weird fucking folks you find, if they if they're into talking, now that's the only thing. Is sometimes they're not. If you find a weird person that likes to talk and hasn't talked to somebody in a while, you get gold. Fucking red and uh, and fish they had on the fucking sun your butthole guy. I only made it like halfway through that show, and I, I love these guys, <laughs> but that was it was a lot. And the problem is, is that dude was like Alex Jones in that he'll say some completely outlandish, off the wall shit, you know, and then he'll say something else that's kind of like, well, that makes sense, kind of. And then he'll say some completely off-the-wall fucking shit. And then it's like, all right, well, I I think he's right on that one thing, but I don't really want to drink pee. Like, can we not drink pee? You know? Dude, I was totally in awe in that whole entire episode. If you listen to that episode again, you will notice that me or Brandon, either one, said hardly anything. Yeah. <laughs> this guy all talking you just had to say you know so how, how did you do this or where did you come up with the idea for sun in your butthole and then it was just 45 minute tirade about sun in your butthole i love those conspiracy theories guys because they think they like it's really always all or nothing with conspiracy theory people like they never go oh i believe in like the flat earth and then that's it they go and We've never been to the moon, and there's no dinosaurs. All the bankers are, and the, yeah, exactly right. It's everything in one. It's never just. I just believe this one. Like I believe crystals work. They just don't stop there. They go all in or, yeah. or nothing. And we had a very similar sort of thing. We had this guy named Rob Rosali on the show, and he was just rambling on about the connection between the lack of Christianity on Earth and all these conspiracy theories, and. It, he was so inane and just did not have a point to anything that he was talking about <laughs> that we spent a next episode reviewing our own episode to go through all his talking points to see what, if anything, he said made sense. And that was the most work I've ever put into an episode that was the most completely useless episode <laughs> of our podcast. <laughs> As a fucking dud. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> You get a dud once listen, in a while, man. The, listen to the review of the episode we had with Rob. The one with Rob is just, uh, yeah, that's just not good for anyone to listen to. Man, I don't believe anybody that's that sure about anything. Like, if you don't have a little bit of doubt, I don't know if I can trust your opinion. It's just tough, you know. Like, and I understand I'm a Sith Lord, uh, all Sith Dylan absolutes. I, I can pretend but there's always a little bit of skepticism in anything that I'm 100% about. You know? Like, it's just not one of those things. I come from an, an accounting background, so that's I guess that's the only thing I can say is the uh, taxes is always going to be forever. <laughs> right. Numbers don't lie. Yeah, right. that's about it. But even mm. then, you can skew the numbers to make them look like whatever you want. So this is interesting, uh, Turch. You said you've... You, yeah, mate. 
you do music? Like you're a musician person, or you just like music? Yeah. So, uh, well, I love music because, uh, but I started playing classical guitar when I was about uh, seven years old, eight years old, give or take. And I played music all through uh, primary school, high school. I didn't do further education with it, but um, been playing in bands since I was about sixteen, doing everything from again classical music to jazz and. Uh, joined a bunch of progressive rock bands playing guitar and, and bass and that now I just you know with the, with the full-time career as a as a financial analyst I sort of don't have as much time as I used to but uh, yeah still play in a band where my partner's a musician as well she's a vocalist and a, a piano player so we Ooh. just get a bunch of musicians every so often try to find gigs to play and play at pubs and bars and do whatever the the bar needs i mean the last gig we did we played at a, a country pub we did a, a, you know, a country show supporting a country band that needed us just a duo just me on acoustic guitar and then uh like two weeks later we did an oktoberfest show and we dressed up in the full you know oktoberfest regalia and played a bunch of german songs with uh, my partner on, on piano accordion and keyboard and, and you know and we played some queen songs as well and a six-piece band that plays pop like we used to play rock songs but now we play pop songs for girls and uh we play <laughs> taylor swift to beyonce and then end the night on bon jovi and we have a horn section and you know it's fantastic so i get to play a lot of different sort of stuff that's but i've been playing a long time i love this red did you just make a new friend i've got a couple questions how does one get into classical style guitar Joe? i've been playing since i was 12 so yeah yeah, yeah. so no the reason what gets into a classical uh, what happens is your Italian dad says you have to play a classical guitar to get your technique right before you do anything else. <laughs> but, you know, very thank- thankful that I did that because I had a classical guitar teacher and he did like, you know, he was a, a master's of music and all that sort of stuff at a prestigious yeah. university here. And, yeah. you know, when I did migrate over from uh, classical into jazz because that was my music experience, and then finally, like, you know, doing modern stuff, like the first modern sort of pieces I was playing was like I could just re- sight read Santana sheet music. I was playing Steve Vai stuff very quickly. It wasn't like it was, oh, I have to, you know, I, the, the migration was just quickly learn how to use the guitar pick rather than finger style. And then mm. I was like, oh, yeah, I can, I can play all these notes. Like I can move my hand, like, you know, the classical guitar fretboard's not as, Right. It's very large compared to like my Les Paul or my my PRS. So I own a classical guitar. So yeah, I get it. I don't have it here. Uh, it's still at my family's house because I don't just don't use it. I've got my what have I got here? I've got my Firebird, my Les Paul, my PRS seven string, and my Taylor here. Yeah. A Taylor acoustic here in, in the studio. But other than that, oh, I try to I try to limit myself with guitars because if they don't get played, I feel like I'm not getting the use out of them, and that's just not good. Guitars need to be played. Yeah, I started playing when I was 12, learned how to play on like, I'm, I'm self-taught. I've played in and out of bands my whole entire life, but I got an affinity to start collecting guitars as well. So each one yeah. that I have, play, you know what I mean? So I'm not only a player, I'm also a collector. So I've got probably, it's a small collection, but I've probably got about eight to 10 guitars now. And I've picked up a classical guitar at what us Americans call yard sales, garage sales, hmm. and paid like 20 bucks for this thing. And it's probably one of the sweetest sounding guitars I've ever had in my entire life. What's the difference? And I bet you it's a, Guys, what's the difference uh, between a classical or any other kind of guitar? Uh, so the big difference would be uh, the body shape would be obviously a big one. But the, I guess the big difference that you would probably notice more than anything else 
would be the difference between the strings. Mm-hmm. Acoustic, regular, like, um, think country music, they'll have a steel string acoustic guitar. Yes. Whereas classical music has nile, the top three strings or like the high strings, mm-hmm. the E, B, and G, would have nylon string, strings made out of nylon instead. So it's a different sound, usually, inevitably. Like, is, yeah. it, is it sweeter? Like, deeper? Is that like more symphonic? I guess yeah. is the point. Think more. Think more like, um, I guess, mariachi band or something like that. Okay. Like that guitar sounds very different got compared it. to like if you do that on a steel string, mm-hmm. um, like a country sort of sound. It's got more like heart to it versus ping. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. And usually nylon string, you play with a finger style rather than with a pick. That's always something else that usually a big difference between the two. Not always, but, you know, it's, uh, it's always little subtle things like that that make music fun. The first time I ever seen classical guitar in a public setting was the movie Crossroads with Ralph Macchio. Yeah, yeah. That's the first time I ever seen a classical guitar <laughs> played, you know what I mean? And he... Oh, and Ralph Macchio actually plays classical guitar, so that was all real when he played it in the movie. But that's the first time I ever seen it. That's when I fell in love with it, was classical guitar. That's when I went on the hunt for that style of guitar, and I actually looked up and found one at a garage sale for $20 a couple years later. But I, I just like the way it sounds. Like the, 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 the guitar that I bought from this garage sale didn't have any strings on it at all. And I put steel strings on it, like all the way, all the way. Yeah. <laughs> so. I found out that classical guitars don't take steel strings. And that's when I found out that you know it has nylon strings on it. And I was thinking nylon strings, man. That's that's like the uh, Barbie guitars you buy at Walmart. That's you know, actually little- what I was thinking, Red, when you said it, because I've been playing the shit out of those lately. <laughs> and I don't play, but the little pling pling. <laughs> same concept, though. It's the same kind of string. I've always thought the, the mariachi guitars are really cool. Like you see them when you get close enough to them. Like they're all like some of them look like yarn. The fucking strings on those guitars are crazy, and it's like, what is he playing right now? Like that's not a normal strung guitar. What the fuck is that? I'd also like to see American versions of mariachi bands in Mexico. I think that would be pretty sweet. Well, if you want to, if you want to check out a really cool, and if you like metal music and you like mariachi music, there's a band called Metal Archie. They're in the U.S. and, and Mexico and stuff, and they're a, a mariachi metal band. And they do all these covers of metal songs, like Epic by Faith yeah. um, Moore and do the Journey stuff, and then they do Black Sabbath and. Guns and Roses, but they do it all in the mariachi style. So that ones they're doing the vocals, then they've got like the it's, bass guy. It's amazing, Red. Have you heard yeah, the shit? I have and not. they're amazing. Okay, time out. Well, well, let's just do what we're here for, um, guys. Let me bring up a little bit. What's I'm actually familiar with this. So what's what would you think is probably the better better angle to go? Church. Oh, my, I, I always love this when they do epic. I just think this like when they do the the guitar, the harmonies no more. and stuff like that. It's always my favorite. And I just love Faith No More. I think, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, the vocalist from Faith No More has split my mind, has, uh, split my mind now. One, one of my favorite vocalists of all time. The diversity and the way that he can just go from screaming absolute nonsense when he's in Mr. Bungle to doing his uh, classical opera right. singing is, is, is yep. freakishly good. I'm getting there, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know how to spell it, to be honest with you, so it took a second. <laughs> now, this is actually funny because I think this is where I came up with this idea because somebody showed this to me and I was like, this is awesome. And I thought, why don't we have like Americanized versions of this? Like you go to an American restaurant in Mexico and then just a bunch of white dudes walk up with fucking guitars and shit <laughs> and they're like... <laughs> 
knock your water over and shit until you give them money to go away. <laughs> like, that'd be fucking great. Don't you want to hear just uh, Mexican songs in, like, an American-style version, like in a country? You know, I don't even know what a, a typical Mexican song would be, but listening to a typical Mexican song in, like, a country style, I think that would be the opposite of what we're talking about here. <laughs> have to get some transcription on that, guys, because I'm not sure even they know what the fuck they're saying half the time. <laughs> Dude, do they really not have it on here? That's not good. They're on Spotify. They're on Spotify Australia. Nope. That makes it. I just realized uh, this shit tried to correct me and typed in Metallica for me, which is oh yeah, pretty gay. Close, but no cigar. Guys, um, I might just be really fucking high. Why can't I spell this? <laughs> I'm getting close. I thought I had it. Metalachi. Metalachi. A C. H-I at the end. It says metal and A-C-H-I. Yep, I got that. Metal Archie. Uh, okay. Epic. Let's try that because I try to do Faith no more. Maybe that's... Right. Ah, okay. I'm sorry, guys. After these messages. Fucking YouTube. I think it's awesome like that uh, That you're familiar with American music. You know, I don't have a lot of friends from Australia, but a few of them sometimes they're not as Americanized. And that's not throwing shade. I don't blame you. You don't fucking live here. So, But it is funny to me like... When you mention something to a person that doesn't know, and they're like, what the fuck is that? It's like, have you been under a rock? <laughs> like, how do you not know who the fuck Taylor Swift is or whatever, you know? All right, I'm getting ready to go down a fucking rabbit hole. I'm oh. not going to guarantee you that. <laughs> You're going to fall hard, dude, because I think I did the same thing. Here you go. is getting rowdy. Look at him. He knows what's coming. want to say this is absolutely beautiful guys i love it, it i love instrumental yeah, shit like this this is hitting my spots here we go I'm sold. 
I'm gonna have. I think I'm gonna go down the same rabbit hole, buddy. You want to hold hands? <laughs> yeah, let's let's got, get the hole together. Thank they've, you. They've got three albums full of stuff, so you guys have got plenty of uh, plenty of stuff to listen to. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, dude. They, oh my god, <laughs> they do symphony of destruction. This is how I felt when I found Richard Cheese and some of these other off yeah. brand dudes that you find out have like just albums of shit. You're like, what? Why didn't I know about this? Nobody told me. This is amazing. Oh my god, dude. I like obscure shit like that, man. Can I drop something on you guys' ear holes right quick that I've actually was saving for a shitty Song of the Week episode, but I don't think I can hold it any longer, and Brandon already knows about it, so fuck him. Damn it. You're cheating already. No, no, no. This wasn't, because here's the problem. I I shared it to him. This is a while ago. And uh, I told him, I said, man, you know, there's a song I really want to do. Uh, it's it's a cover, this, that, and the other. And there's a whole story behind this. And just the the <laughs> the heartbreak that happened. Um, I got to see if it's here before I uh, just fucking break everything. Oh, God damn it. Did you guys get... While, while you're looking for that one, did yep. you guys get bombarded with the song Dance Monkey by, um, oh, what's that chick's name? Uh, what's it called here? The song's called Dance Monkey, and it's by Tones and I. She's this Australian artist. Did you guys get bombarded with that when, uh, when it came out, like, uh, like early last, uh, late last year, early this year? I don't think I've ever heard that one. I don't know that one uh, either. I don't think I've heard that. Feel blessed, because that if I was to come on your show and talk about shitty pop music, that would be the song, and I guarantee you would hate this. You would hate it. Hold up. Okay, so I fucking lied because out of context, I didn't know uh, what the song was, and so I had to go back and listen to double check. Uh, I know this song, and I enjoy it. Uh, I'm not saying that I would follow it up. I wouldn't buy the album. I like the the catchiness, and uh, I'm not typically a fan of chicks that have th- that sing in this voice. But my my general rule with it is, if you're you're foreign, you have an accent, an accent, might. I don't mind if you sing in a croony voice. It's actually people that speak plain fucking English and also croon that I can't stand. Oh, 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 oh. that we talked about not too long ago because there's this whole thing i'm sure you guys know what is called kids bop yes oh yeah yeah and they did and so the song by tones and i tones and i is this one chick and she's like 17 and the kids bop did so she's like and she's got this super high voice there's no bad lyrics in the song anything like that it already sounds like a nursery rhyme and then kids bop did a version of Dance Monkey, and I brought it into the podcast just to just to go. I hate kids pop with all my might because I grew up listening to Led Zeppelin and 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 Queen and all that sort of good stuff and Pink Floyd, and my mum was a big Prince fan and Talking Heads, so I grew up with all this weird, crazy sort of music, and to hear like some kids are getting watered down, you know, of terrible pop songs. I'm like, man, 
that's why there's not you know not many people are picking up instruments anymore. No, not they're, they're picking up game controllers is what they're picking up. When I was twelve, that was you know my dad was a guitar player, so naturally I picked up the guitar as well. My dad wasn't a, a gamer, you know. My dad was a guitar player, so a lot of these kids now have no idea how to play any kind of instrument at all, except for a fucking skin flute, maybe, but that's about yeah. it. <laughs> Points. Well, my dad migrated from Italy when he was four, so to come to Australia. He was literally living in, I would like, you know, when, when people go, oh, you're living on a dollar a day. Well, yeah, his equivalent would be in like 10,000 lira because a lira was worth less than toilet paper. Uh, but coming to Australia gave him all the opportunity to, you know, and now he's like a, a you know, senior project manager and does a whole bunch of really cool stuff with communications and stuff like that. But he lived vicariously through my, myself with the music and sport and even my brother, who's a, who's a percussionist. And uh, so you know, having those opportunities, it was more like, like, that's why I had to play classical guitar. Cause he's like, well, if you're going to get play guitar, you've got to get really good. Cause I wanted to be really good. <laughs> right. But every so, but you know, that migration from playing, like he's not a big metal guy or anything like that, you know, still, still sometimes a bit boomerish when it comes to his types of music that he likes. And you try to introduce him to new bands here and there. And there's a few that he likes. But like usually it's like, I go, oh, dad, what are you listening to? Like I bought him, you know, he shares a family Spotify account. He goes, oh, I can't believe they have all the Pink Floyd albums here. And you're like, not oh, dad. It's <laughs> so, pretty good. There's a million and one, there's a million and one new things you could be listening to, but you're back to your old ways. <laughs> yeah, but he can listen to all of it now. Like that's, that's true. amazing. That's, true. that's my favorite thing is I get stuck on one thing and I'll just go down the list. And that's how I satisfy my music cravings now. I don't really look for anything i just hit playlists or radio stations and i'm boop, 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 up the line i found my song you guys want to hear found your song. yeah I, this this might be fun and maybe this will be kind of what we'll do just to, to put a bow on some shit for the evening so this is one of the worst cover songs i've ever heard and it, it made me sad and a little depressed because this was back when i was a kid we didn't have a lot of money okay uh, I think it was a birthday or Christmas. It was something to do with me getting a present. My grandma gave me this CD, and it was Metallica, the the Black album. And I was so happy, guys, because I didn't have CDs. Like, this shit had just come out. I had, like, a boombox that had the player, but I didn't have any fucking CDs. I had her CDs, whatever the fuck it was. Fucking Bing Crosby and shit. The Black album. I was like, oh, shit. So I run back to my fucking bed. Like, I dropped everything. I was like, this is great. I was like 11 years old, maybe, somewhere around there. <laughs> she bought this at, at Walmart. And, you know, I think the worst thing about Walmart is you'll get, like, uh, edited versions. It's not the, necessarily the album. So that was kind of shitty. But whatever. I can deal with it. So I run back and I throw that shit in. And I had to double check the album cover after the fact because what this actually is is an industrial tribute to Metallica. And uh, this oh my. this is crazy. And I played it for, for Brandon. He, yeah. actually, he actually liked it. So that's why I didn't bring it to Shitty Song of the Week, because I don't think people are going to hate it. They're going to be like, ugh. It's like one of those really ugly like Chinese dogs, that, like just a tuft of hair and no fucking teeth. This is the little Chinese crested of every song I've ever heard. This is one of the worst. So brace yourself, guys. 
to never, never land. Okay, so let's talk about this. Uh, <laughs> you know what? When when I was at a high school and I was playing music more and more more often because you know I had more time. This was the kind of thing that I would do with my friends. Be like, hey, let's get the Metallica song. We all know how to play it, but let's try and make it jazz and play like all the complex chords yeah. for the sake of it. it. Feels like a bunch of people just jamming and hoping to God the record company, the record label goes, yeah, let's. We we actually recorded that one. Let's just release it on the record. How bad can it be? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't hate it. Right. That's why I didn't fucking bring it, because I figured people would be like, but you got to understand the heartbreak. I thought I got the Black Album, and I'm ready to go into my bedroom, and I fucking turn that shit up loud, because it's Metallica. I, I knew how Adam Speakers would go. Turn that shit up to, like, almost all the way up. Yeah. Slam that shit in there, and I was like, mm, what the fuck is this? And I had to look at it. I was heartbroken. Because it was like two dollars. Sure, she they might have just given it to her on the way out. I don't fucking know. But uh, yeah, the industrial tribute to Metallica. Check it out, guys. There's a couple of them, and uh, there's a few turds floating around those. Because Metallica itself is, you know, after a while it gets a little stale. Uh, this is other people who aren't Metallica playing Metallica. So yeah. That was it's just there's no band name. It's just an industrial cover of Metallica. The band name is. Ooh, let's see. Uh, Innocent Blood is the name of the band. This the video currently on YouTube has uh, 1.3 thousand views. <laughs> We're actually number 1301. I think it just went up one. <laughs> and they're really sad because it's we actually three people watching, so they could have oh, it could have gone up an extra two. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's like sneaking into a movie. Nobody cares. I was going to share with you guys in the chat here because I, I haven't set up my YouTube, like connected all up to set up the microphone quickly while I'm pretending to do work. Um, I just said, so here's an Australian band that I actually know the, I actually know the whole band, but the drummer is actually one of my best mates. He's a, and it's an Australian band called Dead City Ruins. If you want to check them out, uh, if you're looking for some uh, hard rock, think like Black Sabbath, crosses a bit of uh, Iron Maiden, a little bit of ACDC in there. It's right up your alley. I like ACDC. It's one of my Australian bands. Definitely check those guys out. I like hearing about uh, Australian bands because I don't hear a lot of them. Uh, I have a buddy who says there's not a whole, whole lot of them, actually. <laughs> like, really popular ones. So it sucks that yeah, I don't get to know more. I, I can't really... Uh, I mean, uh, either the ACDC is definitely our biggest rock export, but I think our biggest band that we've ever sent internationally is the Wiggles. Oh, uh, that's true. That counts, Which huh? Which is very sad. Which mm -hmm. is very sad. But, like, you know, in excess, I mean, they played, they supported Queen back in the day. Like, you know, I think they supported, like, the Live at Wembley mm -hmm. show. Like, they supported them there. But in the in the recent times, Australia's been pretty average when it comes to getting big pop stars or musicians out into the – or definitely crossing over. I think the 80s was probably the biggest time for Australian music. We had a lot of bands like uh, Midnight Oil – Mm -hmm. And um, the, the Divinals and, uh, I guess, Crowded House yeah. during that time as well. And they sort of were able to make one or two songs cross over into, into the USA and the UK. But at the end of the day, like you guys got them after 10 years of them playing shows in Australia and racing. The, like, you know, I think Beds Are Burning was the only US hit that Midnight All ever had. Mm -hmm. But they had like five records before that record came out. 
Oh, damn. Yeah. I thought it wasn't, um, I could be wrong, but I thought Aqua was Australian. No, nah, they're part of the Europop scene. I think they were from Germany. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That's, right. yeah. mm. That's a oh. weird time of music. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Steph did get weird. The Eiffel 65 years. That was good. It's it's I, I it's an ebb and flow of it because we came out of the eighties with like the really like new wave really poppy stuff. I always think like George Michael dancing around, and then and then like the hair metal sort of was still there, and that was still like really fun like rocking or like you know, like it's rock music but it's like fun like almost Van Halen esque way but there's still it's like high energy yeah and really efficient guitar playing and then like the grunge scene i mean you know they were still great players i mean chris cornell and uh, the guys from alice in chains and stuff fantastic guitar players and fantastic songwriters but it went down to like it was a bit more sludgy it was a bit slower it was a bit more dirty rather than a highly polished sort of era mm. of music that you had in the late 80s or so and then you sort of swap it over like five years later into like the late 2000s, early, uh, like uh, late no, 1990s, early 2000s, where it goes back to that highly polished pop production sort of stuff. And I have a feeling that had to do with a lot of the, um, the changeover from using tape as a method of recording music into the digital age where Pro Tools was becoming very prominent in that sort of sta- stage of recording. Yeah. That makes sense. So you think that's the big difference? Is like there's the high production side, and then there's the the backyard guys. It's a it's a bit of both. It's a, it's a bit of both because re- recording to tape, you can't just edit it the way you would on a digital workstation, right? If you were just recording to a digital workstation and you don't like where that kick drum was, you could just move it. Yeah. You can you know the only way you can do that on tape is that you cut the tape. <laughs> And you move it. And if you're putting like three or four tracks on a tape, you can't, once it's done, it's done. So, so you, if yeah. you went to a recording studio and recorded a guitar track, you better be able to play that guitar track. If you can't sing the vocals, you better go home and practice those vocals. Whereas now, you, you know, I mean, there's a, a track floating around, and I don't know how true it is, of like a first take of, um, of uh, sorry, uh, Britney Spears singing Toxic or some song like that. And it's really pitchy. And then you compare it to what it's on the record. And they've obviously just auto, you know, they've pitched it up, pitched it down, moved certain things to fit the time alignment a little bit better. And that's something like, you know, she could come in, do two takes. They go, yeah, they take the best of two takes, put some auto tune, a bit of reverb, and suddenly you've got a, a track done very quickly, very cost effect, you know, cost effective as well. And, you know, people are doing that now. You can time-align drums. You can just program the drums in, and suddenly it always matches the grid when it comes to MIDI drumming. And and same for guitars. Like, people are editing their guitar playing, you know, saying, oh, I don't I don't like this, or I'll do a 50 takes this guitar, guitar solo, and I'll merge them all together to see my best one. Instead of, you know, like Randy Rhodes back in the day, he played a guitar solo, and then he's like, yeah, I need it to be bigger and played the exact same solo over itself, matching mm-hmm. it note for note. Like, you know, that's why his guitar solos in, um, in Mr. Crowley sound like this big rather than, right. you know, you know, yeah. recording it once or doubling it or doing this and that. It's, it's a whole art form. It's, it's sort of, sort of lost.
we always used to record what we called whenever I was playing in bands and recording stuff. We always recorded what we called a scratch track. Yeah, and that was just a bullshit track to get timing and kind of just lay it all out, and then you would record yeah. over it, to erase that track. You know, it was just yeah. a scratch track for everybody to play off of. And you don't need to, you know, within it comes to pop music, you don't even need to create a scratch track now. You know, yeah, I've created all the sounds digitally yeah. on my digital workstation. That's the track. Get the vocalist in to do that. You might record some overdubs and, and all that sort of stuff. And then you might go back and go, yeah, I might add another synth part here or another guitar part here. But the tr- scratch track is now just the actual song. So it took the pressure off, basically. Like, you don't even have to be good to go in and do it. You know, yeah, like you, you literally it. just fig- figured the fuck out along the way, as opposed oh. to like you said, learning how to do it perfect, either perfectly or being happy with the little parts where you fucked up, get it close enough. You know, yeah, yeah you got to look at. I look at pop stars like you know Britney Spears is probably the, the biggest one in everyone's mind, I guess. But Britney Spears was not really like she was a great, a pretty decent singer, not not perfect by any means, but in the same sense, she was more of a product rather than a. Like in you know, a vocalist, like an entity, you know, she had, if you will. She had to sing, she had to dance, she had to play. You know, to, to, she had to look good. She had to talk a certain way. You know, whereas even comparing it to someone like Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey when she goes on stage, even back in the nineties, she didn't dance. She just stood there and sung the songs. Whitney Houston, Adele, I can think of a few yeah. of them that just belt it. You know, they, they're no Britney Spears. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> they knew what they had in her little country ass sending okay. her around the country in her miniskirts with her pigtails. Yeah, different type of world. And we we just don't have that here in Australia. I think the biggest pop star export we have is maybe Kylie Minogue. And I don't even know if she made it very big in the U- U.S. Doesn't uh, Iggy Azalea count? She's um, pop-ish. I- well, uh, she was. I don't know if it's really pop now, but no. like. I know what she must be much bigger in the U.S. than in Australia because in Australia we don't even acknowledge her. <laughs> we just don't. We just don't care. So like, rude. You know, we. Just, I That's think, so rude. Red. Maybe just with pop, Red. Did you um, hear him? He was like, "Who? Who the fuck is it? it huh?" <laughs> I may be. I may be wrong, but she's never toured Australia. <laughs> like you know, I would have seen it something like. But I think more than anything else, like the appetite for rap music in Australia is just very low because of our, yes. I guess, more white. Yeah, you population. need more gangs. You guys need to import some fucking some thugs. Get some <laughs> gang violence going on. Maybe a couple 20, 40 years of it, and uh, then you get <laughs> some rap stars. This is probably an ignorant question, but are there black folk in Australia? Well, apart apart from the indigenous Australians, like the uh, I guess yeah. Aboriginal. I was Australian, getting originally. You know, yeah, aborig- you know, that sort of stuff. Yes, there still are. Like, we still get people from Africa and all that sort of stuff. I was working with a bloke not too long ago. But, but we're, we, uh, because of, I guess, just physical location, we get, we've got a lot larger um, Asian population and, and Sri Lankan and, um, and, and Indian sort of population come on down. Uh, but again, a lot of Europeans migrated here in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s because Europe, especially Italy, Greece, and Macedonia, or sort of around that Mediterranean area, there was no work. I mean, World War II just absolutely destroyed them, and that's yeah. why my family migrated down this way. Um, so a lot of Europeans sort of came to Australia. That's that, that's that's the there's and the, the the best stat I know about that migration stuff. The second most amount of Greek people in the world live in Sydney, Australia, and the first place that they live is in Greece. Oh <laughs> shit! 
I didn't know that. I'm very sorry, though. You Americans got the worst Italians. Mm. You guys got the raw end of the deal. So there's sort of two... There's some good ones, man. It can't be like that. But yeah, you know, we we, we definitely got the dipshit-ish... The dipshit brand down pretty well. I'll I'll tell you the difference. I'll tell everyone this. The difference is that you guys got the Sicilians and we got the people from the mainland. (laughs) (laughs) So the Sicilians... When you think about it, are like the Jersey Shore type people have the big earrings, yeah. way too much makeup. They talk a very certain Wife way. Wife beaters, tracksuits, shit like that. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. right. Whereas the ones from the mainland uh, are far more civilized and talk like myself. And yeah, uh, we, you know, we still like nice things and we still like cash, but we just, you know, we keep it all a little bit more hidden. Yeah, it's either <laughs> Sopranos or Mario Brothers, man. That's the only two we got. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my, my uh, co-host always does, like, an impression, an, like, an old Italian lady impression, like, a non <laughs> impression, and he does this impression, and he thinks it's, like, like, he does it as a joke, like, to try to be offensive and, and get it set up. I'm like, dude, that's my life. Like, what exactly what you're talking, like, this old Italian lady over the top talking about cooking? Like, I don't know. That's not even a joke. That's just, that's what happens when <laughs> I give her a call. And a got to put in the pepperoncinis. Yeah, that, I, I, that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to me. Like I, I've spoken uh, to a few different folks from Australia, and uh, music is always a fun topic because it's a cultural difference. When you think about it, it's just kind of, you know, it, it it's hit or miss. I think so. I find I find it funny that there's not a lot of rap people from Australia, but at the same time, why would you have rap folks? You know, like, well, okay, no, so- I like. There's no if there's really no kind of musical background coming out of Australia, so what American music is big in Australia, Church? Um, I'm not too up to date with the pop charts. Uh, my apologies, but I know that ta- like you know because it's so I think it's because it's so expensive to fly here and do a show here. I don't know how much a Taylor Swift ticket is in the U.S. Right? Stupid expensive. Um, well, remember the Australian dollar right now buys like. One Australian dollar buys like 60 cents or 50 cents US. So it's basically double it. Yeah. Straight away double it for us. Double. And then probably add another $100. Isn't that fucked up, Brad? What, Everything they that, have is what, double. Yeah. So to get like an, an act like, you know, look, I saw Bruno Mars. And I love Bruno Mars and he's really popular here in Australia. So it's like Taylor Swift and stuff like that. Whereas guys like Drake, like I watch a lot of music review shows and this and that. But guys like Drake in Australia, like there's no... From what I know, anyway, like I don't see anyone really following Drake, especially in my age group. group. But when we were playing shows like with the cover band and we'd cover Taylor Swift or we'd cover like Beyonce, those are the, you know, those are the artists that people go nuts for. But you do something like Maroon 5, and I don't know how you guys still have a country when Maroon 5 is one of your top bands. Um, is, is like. Fuck both of y'all. You guys can both eat my asshole. Maroon 5 is awesome. I was thinking about it earlier. I almost played some. Y'all can fuck off. Go ahead. <laughs> just a bias, I guess, and more than anything. But yeah, we just uh, we just don't have as many um, homogenized, I guess, when it comes to music taste. And we do try to push a lot of Australian music here. But like, we have like dedicated radio stations that only play Australian music and billboards and stuff like that. And that and that's a really good thing. But a lot of the stuff we're doing, like. You know, my mate's in a metal band, like hard rock band sort of thing, and he knows the whole circuit of those guys. And there's still enough live venues in, I guess, a couple of cities 
Um, but even like touring Australia is very expensive for Australian artists. I mean, you know, it's, it's there's true. No there's no, there's or, nothing in the fucking middle. So you've got to go around the outside, right? Well, the, yeah, exactly right. But like, the, okay. Our, our population of the whole country is 27 million people. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. not, now, that's not that many. I think, I was going to say, <laughs> Shit. you played a show in New York. I'm, I think New York has like 20 million people. It's, I think it's eight, eight to ten million yeah. people in New York. But still, it's like it's only like two or three New Yorks. <laughs> it's not yeah, that exactly not right. that much. So quite. you know, so if you come to Melbourne for a continent, am, a whole fucking. I'm in Melbourne. I'm I'm probably in the the second biggest city in in Australia, and there's like two million people here. It's just nothing. You know, it's 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 almost like a small town, to a degree. You know, like it's definitely a small city. You know, there's more people in Tokyo than there's all of Australia. That's that's the comparison that I always. I don't know a million people, or two million people. That's that's pretty big where I come from. Small town where I'm at, it's like twenty five hundred. Well, yeah, we've got in the state you're from. That, <laughs> but yeah, yeah fucking. But in this, in my same state, we've got towns here that are literally a post box and a pub. Yeah, yeah we got a few of those. We have uh, yeah. post post offices. That's a post office and a church. Yeah. We have churches instead of yeah. bars. So. <laughs> pretty cool but we look we have a bit of a country music scene because obviously with like um guys like tommy emmanuel and slim dusty back in the day before he passed away and keith urban i guess he he's way bigger in the u.s than he is here like he's yeah not 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 as big here uh but we have big country music scene we have a few rap i guess a few rap guys here and there but not really like they never make it too big but we've got a lot of in the 90s we had a a couple of cool bands like 90s 2000s we had like silver chair and um they came over maybe not you know and now like the metal scene i think adelaide the town adelaide is the biggest metal scene but i could be wrong could be wrong yeah Man. i'm a huge fan of chair i like that one song the one that's on the radio all the time yeah is it frog stomp or is that the album, it's the album. i think that's the album yeah, yeah. i just remember the thing Tomorrow, and, tomorrow. That's my knowledge. Shit, my bad. I fucking yeah, space. And my knowledge of Australian music is actually pretty poor compared to my partner. She loves us, like you know, she studied music at a at a tertiary level, so she just got to play with a bunch of people and learn a whole bunch more about Australian music. So she knows a lot more with that. But I, you know, I grew up playing like you know when I finally made my migration over to metal, like to sorry to modern music. Um. My expertise is like bluesy, Led Zeppelin-y, you know, from American blues into Led Zeppelin to like that sort of stuff. Because oh. that's where the guitar challenge was. You know, guys would come to school and say, hey, you know, Guitar Hero was really big when I was in high school. So, hey, can you play Dragon Force? I'm like, I never heard of it before, but I can go home and learn it. And I'd go home and the next day I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's just this, you know, don't worry about it. And that's, <laughs> that's just been my career in music. It's like, oh, can you play this? I'm like, yeah, I guess so, you know. Can you play all these buckethead solos with, you know, four finger tapping? And it's like, uh, I don't know. Like, I sure can learn it. I'll try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll try my best. That's awesome, man. So with your blues stuff, like, is there any particular brand you like? Like, I like uh, Delta Blues a little bit, Muddy Waters and shit like that. I like Lead Belly. Like, I went down a big Lead Belly hole one time. I think within the American space, I would say, like, Robert Johnson. Like, you know, you got to go all the way That's back deep. to Robert Johnson. yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, and then going on from that, I think the biggest one for me that I, I just love everything that he does, the way he plays and phrases things, is always going to be B.B. King. 
Not bad. Had and to be, maybe right? just there's just a, there's something magic when he plays. Like he doesn't have to play a lot, but every note that he plays, it's like that's the perfect place for that note. Yeah. And that's that's sometimes that's more important than playing a million notes. Um, and then Stevie Ray, which is a bit later on, because he just took those Jimi Hendrix influences, and Jimi obviously just took like Albert King stuff and and um, you know BB stuff and Robert John, you know, like all the old guys, and he just modernized it with you know with his overdrive and his fuzz and his you know all that sort of fun, the wah-wahs and all that sort of stuff. But in the same sense, he made it his own. And then seeing what uh, Stevie does with it, and he just you know takes it to that next level of, of um, I guess, you know, slightly taking down the fuzz, making it just nice, saturated, overdriven amp and pushing the melodic lines rather than just the, um, just like the craziness, you yeah. know, and which is what Hendrix was trying to do when he was doing Band of Gypsies. But that, you know, just he just didn't have the opportunity to do it because, you know, his um, addiction sort of got to him in the end. But Stevie Ray, I think, was that next level, you know, and since then, like, you know, Joe Bonamassa is sort of big in the US, but not so big here. But I just can't get into him. And he's meant to be like that successor. But I just, I feel like he's very stale. Like, there's you know, a, there's a few other guys, though. Kenny Wayne Shepard's yeah. been around for a long fucking time. And I would consider him a yeah. guitar guy. Eric Clapton, slow hand. Prince is dead. Oh, yeah, I, Prince was, I would think, in my opinion, one of the best guitar players, like, yeah. of this generation. Oh, yeah. Prince was. A different world. I, he's even today. I look at his stuff and go, Jesus Christ! Like, how do you think of that? How do you compose like that? How do you even play like that? Uh, but Eric Clapton, I saw him. Uh, here's my Eric Clapton story. I hate him. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I liked his stuff, and then he came to Australia for the first time in 25 years. And my dad's like, I'm gonna buy a t- buy a tickets. We're gonna go. We're gonna see Eric Clapton. And I was a fan enough to go see him. And then he played like two songs and it was just he obviously didn't care that he was playing music anymore <laughs> like he just put in no, in no effort and i don't know if it was an off night this and that and i was like two songs in and tickets were expensive they were like 250 bucks australian this was like 10 years ago that's crazy go ahead and um and dad's like oh okay no no we'll stick around see and then he butchered my favorite Jimi hendrix song which is little wing oh. and he just destroyed it like he didn't sing like the right notes he played like this like he just didn't play the guitar part right and i'm like dad i ha- we have to go we just have to go like i can't st- i can't stick around anymore and dad's like no, no no we paid all this money got these seats this and that anyway saved for the rest of the show and he played he didn't play like uh he didn't play layla he didn't play oh, wonderful bitch. tonight and he did like he did, what are like, you here for you like, cocksucker like yeah. you did, did you play cocaine <laughs> I bet you played fucking yeah, cocaine, didn't you, Eric? He, he played cocaine, and then he played, like, half an hour of blues, like, an hour of blues songs, which is fine. But, like, you know, we're not here to see that. He and didn't play Wonderful Tonight? No. Nah. <laughs> that was the song my dad wanted to hear. Right. <laughs> That's a go-to. It's pretty man. fucked. And he played all these, and then we left the concert, and I was just like, that was the worst experience of my life. And dad just goes, that was the worst concert <laughs> I've ever been to. Fuck it. Um, but I think for me, like, I moved into progressive music slowly yet surely. Because, like, you know, going from classical music into jazz into modern, you sort of look for that sort of similarities and challenges, I guess, and the complexity. So bands like King Crimson and Yes and and, um, and Genesis and 
Pink Floyd sort of sparked those those creative juices. And one of the guys for me that I think is completely underrated as a guitar player and a musician in general is Frank Zappa. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, the amount of Frank Zappa sheet music and books and I've even got vinyls. I love him so much. And I've seen his son play Dweezil Zappa, like every single show he's come to Australia and got to do a couple of master classes with him and stuff like that. And he's a freak. But that creativity within, like, you know, he's playing pentatonic scales, bluesy sort of scales, and he's playing over the most insane background music and coming up with insane stuff. That sounds completely normal. And that I love that sort of stuff. And I think, like, Prince and, you know, he's always shown as, like, a fantastic vocalist and a fantastic songwriter. But no one really talks about his guitar playing. And I feel like it's the same for Frank Zappa. He's like, oh, he was just this weird guy that had big bands and, you know, did weird novelty songs and this and that, especially in the 80s. But like the 60s and 70s and even like in the 80s when he released albums like Shut Up and Play Guitar or Guitar or even his guitar playing was phenomenal. Like next, like ideas that you would never think about. Like he, he had in his band at one stage Andrew Ballou, who played for King Crimson and um, David Bowie and all that sort of stuff. In the same sense, he had Steve Vai in his band, and Steve Vai was like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm, there's no way I'm still. I'm still not as good as Frank Zappa." <laughs> and you're like, "You're Steve Vai. You're the best. Yeah. There's no one else. Like, you know, who oh, else can keep up?" I was talking about Kenny Wayne Shepherd a second ago. Yeah, I have yeah. this song. Um, I don't know, Brad. I think I did this to you once. Like, I sent it to you. Have I played you the uh, the instrumental from Kenny Wayne Shepherd, like the "Pick the Songs Out" challenge? Probably. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Kenny Wayne. He's fucking. Yeah. He's wannabe. What? Yeah. What he, I mean, I, I I don't like Kenny Wayne Shepherd personally. This is old. Like I'm talking like young fucking what eighteen year old Kenny Wayne Shepherd. But it's just funny to me. Like I like it when I hear songs and then I hear other songs that are either influenced or somehow like you know you can pick them out. So I found this one day just fucking around, and uh, I'm sure like uh, <laughs> like Tarch was saying. Hendrix has been a big influence on a lot of guitar players, obviously. So I'm sure this is just some kind of a rendition of like Little Wing, like he was talking about. This is somebody taking something from that and fucking with it. But from this song, I get the intro from Yellow Lead Better. And also the rhythm section to Only God Knows Why. Kid Rock, right? Everybody knows that fucking song. So this is what I hear when I hear this. I go, I don't know what came first or what, but it is kind of funny that this is just, it's all those things wrapped up into one. Sir, that's a blatant ripoff of Yellow Leadbetter. Yeah, see, I don't know what came out first. I don't know when when this came out or what exactly happened, but I'm curious because I hear different things. <laughs> I would like to know. This is from Leadbetter Heights. Uh, I guess one of his first albums. Yeah. What a coinky dink! The name of the album is Leadbetter Heights. 
pretty crazy, right? So check this out. Now here comes the rhythm section. This is only God knows why. Like, check it out. Now you gotta think, Kid Rock would have been way later, so that's not the thing, right? Sitting here Trying to find myself I get behind myself Looking for the payback Listen for the playback <laughs> It goes for a minute guitar lines like that I've got the guitar with me so hopefully you can hear it it's all those little you know all those guitar lines like he's playing like you know it's so little wing as you said well, this bit here like it like all that sort of stuff right it's so typical of Hendrix and I can't remember where he stole all those little ideas from it's almost like a, like if you were to down tune and do like slide guitar stuff, but he's trying to, you know, like you know, like this. all that sort of stuff when he's talking about playing Stevie Ray nicks all those sort of ideas and I think there was a a rainbow song that nicks like basically the structure of it and goes and we follow the rain I can't remember what's the song called I just said the melody and all the chords (laughs) you got it but (laughs) <laughs> it's the same sort of stuff, yeah. You know, it's nicking all those sort of ideas. So that's from 1995. I don't know what came first or when, when uh, all that, who who did what or who influenced who. But I know that's well, definitely well, only God knows why. So he might have taken that just flat out from Kenny Lynch Shepherd. <laughs> that song. That's called Why Why We Cry? While We Cry? While We Cry. Yep. It's like a five or six minute fucking instrumental, man. That's why I got so pissed of when Five Figure Death Punch redid that fucking Blue on Black song. Because I'm like, Kenny Wayne Shepard's a guitar player guy. So you guys changed the solo. Like, what part did you redo? So we're just doing that now, guys? Can you, can you do some other shit? This has been a lot of fun. It really has. Yeah. I think um, we should do this more often. No, um, absolutely. I think uh, you guys maybe should hook up on some other shit. I, I think uh, maybe he'd be a fun guest judge to talk shit about people on Shitty Song of the Week. He might have some some interesting input. Absolutely, I will be in touch. Yellow Leadbetter was recorded in 1991. There it is. So there you go. He took it from there. 
Kid Rock fucking took it from him. So who who did who here, guys? Right? Yeah, this is fun, man. Ah, uh, it's so good to talk to you guys. My goal has been doing this whole quarantine thing is to get onto as many and talk to as many other podcasts as I can and make as many friends as I can. So it's cool to have two new guys from America, and I hope I can be your Australian friend. Yeah, man. <laughs> You can be my other other Australian friend, but you, I, the lineup it. is very short. You're very close to the top, <laughs> Turch. Hey, uh, so this will technically be something at some point. Give your plugs and shout-outs, all that good shit, yeah. uh, Turch. You so will- I'm Turch, I, I'm and I'm from the We Only Do One Take podcast. And for, if you'd like to check us out, make sure you check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we're on SoundCloud as well. And if you'd like to send us some hate mail, a death threat, or a rant, Record it on your phone and email us at we only do one take podcast at gmail.com. Excellent. Mr. Red. Y'all know me. Still the same OG. I, I co-host Shitty Song of the Week. They call me Red. I'm everywhere. Every any, anywhere you listen to podcasts, I'm on some kind of show somewhere. So uh, <laughs> just Google me, bitches. That's all I gotta say. Fellas, it's been real. Uh it's been a pleasure. And uh I'll see you soon. I'm gonna go eat some tacos. So that's Turch and Red. Both of them with their respected shows. Go follow those guys and show them love. And thanks again for listening to the show. Be sure to like, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, go to www.biobidet.com. Use your promo code POPOYS. You get 10% off. Also, you can go to cushydreams.com. Use promo code POPOYS. You get 15% off. The uh, CBD flower. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. It'll help you mellow the fuck out. It's good stuff, man. Thank you, motherfuckers, for listening. Tell a friend. Tell your mom. Tell your friend's mom. I'm getting through all the riffraff and all the bullshit. Sorry. I've been working on this one for a while. (laughs) I needed to get it out of the chamber. I like meeting those guys. Red is a constant. I've known him for a while now. And uh, he always is fun to talk to. But uh, Turch is a great guy, too. So, happy to make their acquaintances and happy to spend some time with them so yeah man been doing the show with my wife the big brother show that's uh actually coming out in a couple days i think so when i get on that i have more stuff to edit i love you motherfuckers thank you for listening and uh here's a little treat this is from our good buddy the uh the cunt from down under as as he's referred to so if you're not a fan of the dave club uh, this is where you stop. Just turn away now. And uh, if, if you have no problems with the man brain, uh, here is his version of Wet Ass Pussy. It's beautiful. There's some whores, there's some whores, there's some whores in this house. There's some whores, there's some whores, there's some whores in this house. Certified freak seven days a week. Wet us pussy, make that pull out game weak. There's some whores, there's some whores, there's some whores in this house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking with some wet ass, wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket.
whores, there's some whores, there's some whores in this house. There's some whores, there's some whores, there's some whores in this house. Beat it up, nigga, catch a church. Extra large and extra hard. Put this pussy right inside your face. Wipe your nose like a credit card Pop on top and I wanna ride I'll do a Kegel while it's inside Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes This pussy's wet, come take a die Tie me up like I am surprised Let's roleplay or wear a disguise I want you to park that Big Mac Right in this little garage Make it cream, make me, make me scream In public don't you make it We'd like to welcome a new sponsor, Cushy Dreams. They say, smoke your CBD because you can. And I agree. I've tried all the gummies, the drops, the the rubs, the oils, all that shit, man. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm a big fuck, and I don't think those things are geared for somebody like me. But, you know, I do appreciate the process of smoking, bud, and I feel like this is a really neat substitute for, you know, if maybe you don't want to get completely stoned (laughs) before you go do something. It's a CBD flower actual hemp flower. It's not just some bullshit that they grow in a ditch to roll up and stick inside a cigarette if you've tried those. These are high-quality strains. There's six to actually, uh, you know, boost your your general activities, man. Relax, peace, create, hustle, energy, dream. All of those can have a benefit to you depending on what you're looking for in a CBD product. Uh, you know, I think the interesting thing about these are instead of just having some low-rent, basic-ass CBD flower, they actually get all the CBD they can out of the product as opposed to just, you know, enough to make it work. I've enjoyed it thus far. It looks like Bud. It tastes like Bud. It smells like Bud. I can't believe it's not Buddha. You can go to their website, cushydreams.com. K-U-S-H-Y. Use your promo code POBOYS, you get 15% off your first order. They actually sell little canisters of prepackaged CBD, but 
uh, nitrogen sealed. They ship it right to your house, man. Or you can get a pre-rolled, a fat little joint cone, man. You can toke on that. The prices of the strains can go up, down. There's going to be a product for you no matter what your budget is, no matter what your ailment is. So, guys, go there and check it out. Use the promo code. Get a little discount. And actually smoke your CBD. Because you fucking can. Rhino fuck Miley Cyrus. Bo Blues Clowns. Baby. Oh, Bo Blues Clowns.